Long gone are the days of shivering in the cold for hours, waiting to be the first in the store to get the deal. More and more are doing Black Friday online. It's safer. But what does it say about our society? Eighty percent. Yes, 80 percent of people say they will be taking advantage of deals from the comfort of their own homes this year. Big box stores have been rolling out the deals early. You might not even be out shopping today. Your Black Friday deals might already be nestled under your tree or unboxed and in use. It's safer since inevitably Black Friday has been associated with crowd mobs, people getting injured from stampede or fighting over the final deal. But it says something else to me. We're getting lonelier. Shopping is now done by ourselves, just like practically everything else. Feeling lonely these holidays? Christ knows, he sees, and he's come to be with you forever. Welcome to Haven Today. My name is Charles Morris, and I get to share with you the great story that's all about Jesus here on a Black Friday as we're wrapping up a series called The Faith of John Bunyan. I don't know about you, But I've been so encouraged by the life of John Bunyan this week, as well as looking at his masterpiece last week, Pilgrim's Progress. The book has been a favorite of millions around the world for four centuries. And I'm wondering, have you ever wondered what book inspired Bunyan? If you've been with us over the last couple of days, you remember we've been looking at the autobiography of John Bunyan. It's called Grace Abounding. When he finally heard the gospel from a group of Christian women talking on a sunlit porch, he tells us he struggled with a long season of doubt and misunderstanding about what it really means to be a Christian. And that's where his favorite book comes in. He says he'd been wanting to read of some ancient godly man's experience, what they had to say about coming to Christ. And eventually the Lord led him to a book written a century before by a German monk who discovered faith in Christ alone. Stick around. I know you're going to be encouraged if you'll just stay with me for the next few minutes. Well, as we conclude our visit with John Bunyan, I want to say it's been a real blessing to hear from so many people who've been inspired by Pilgrim's Progress. And they want to inspire a new generation with Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. It's a storybook. And I'm excited to think that there are so many across North America who will be sharing with the kids in their lives the inspiring story of Christian as he leaves the city of destruction with that burden on his back and he finally meets Jesus at the cross who takes that burden away and how Christian makes his way to the celestial city. This cloth-covered book with gold-gilded lettering and glossy illustrated pages will help the story come alive in your mind and the minds of the kids in your life who read it. I want to send you a copy of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey for your gift to Haven today. Or if you'd like to send it directly to someone for Christmas, give us their name and address and include a little note, and we can ship it for free still ASAP. After the program, call us at 800-654-2836. 65 Haven, or go online at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. One more thing before we start the program, we still have the major mission 
the storybook about the wise men, along with the wooden nativity, it's still not too late to start this tradition that'll point your family or a family you know to love Jesus. Ask about that when you call or watch the video explaining it when you go online. And now, a great song to open with. Here's Laura Story and Friend of Sinners. You have shown us what is holy, how to bless the Father's heart, to act justly and love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. song we just heard are so true. Jesus truly is a friend of sinners. A special thanks to Laura Story. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. It is Friday, the final weekday program called The Faith of John Bunyan. Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan is a Christian classic in the fullest sense of the word. Besides the Bible itself, It sold more copies than any other book in the English language, not just Christian books, any book in English. 
You can read it in the old English if you want, where the S's look like an F and many of the words sound funny to our modern ears, or you can read the abridged children's versions with illustrations. Needless to say, it's a book that's stood the test of time. It's a favorite of many people. But did you know that John Bunyan had a favorite book? He tells us what it is in his spiritual autobiography, Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners. I want us to look to God's Word together, the Bible. I want to do so along with John Bunyan and his favorite book. If you've been with us looking at Bunyan's life, you remember that he finally heard the gospel from a group of Christian women who were talking among themselves. And after that, as he tells us, he struggled for a long season of doubt and misunderstanding about what it really means to become a Christian. That's where his favorite book comes in. He says he'd been wanting to read some godly man's experience, what that person had to say about coming to Christ, and he found just such a book. Here's what he says. The God in whose hands all our days and ways put into my hand one day a book by Martin Luther, his commentary on Galatians, so old that it was ready to fall apart if I but turned it over. He said that the book explained what he had been going through so well that it was as if his book had been written from my own heart. It became his favorite book next to the Bible because he thought it was the best book written for a wounded conscience such as his. Now, you might be wondering right now how something that sounds as dull as a commentary on Galatians could minister so very much to the soul of Bunyan. Well, sometimes we need help understanding Scripture. I know I certainly do. It's like we read in Acts 8. Philip finds a man reading the Scriptures. The prophet Isaiah is what he's reading in his chariot. Philip asks him if he understands what he's reading. And the man said, this is in Acts 8, 31, how can I unless someone explains it to me? So if Luther's commentary helped Bunyan understand Galatians, then it makes all the sense in the world especially because Galatians is a passionate letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to defend the good news of free grace in Christ. Paul says in the very first chapter of Galatians, I am astonished that you Galatians are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. That's verses 6 and 7 of the first chapter of Galatians. There were these people trying to convince Christians in Galatia, Gentile believers in Jesus, that their faith wasn't enough to make them a Christian. They supposedly had to be set apart like the Jews through circumcision and through Jewish rituals before they could be saved. They needed Jesus plus something else. Do we need Jesus plus something else to be saved? How are we made right with God? How are we justified? The answer to that question is something you and I need to hear over and over again, even long after we've come to faith in Jesus. Paul opened his letter to the Galatians with the greeting, Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins 
to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's Galatians 1, 3-5. What did Luther have to say about these verses? Well, let me read them to you because they're so rich. They're dripping with the gospel. Luther said, The greeting of the apostle is refreshing. Grace cancels sin. Peace quiets the conscience. Sin and conscience torment us. But Christ has overcome these fiends now and forever. Only Christians possess this victorious knowledge given from above. These two terms, grace and peace, constitute Christianity. Grace involves the remission of sins. Peace, a happy conscience. Martin Luther, grace and peace. Two little words, but words that preach. We don't need Jesus plus, plus anything. We need grace, and that grace leads to peace. Bunyan had been confused about this for so long, it's no wonder he was glad to hear these words. As I mentioned a couple days back, he said at one time he had set God's commandments before him as his way to heaven. But that, my friend, will never get you to heaven. No sinner like you or me can ever hope to obey God's commandments and that leading to righteousness. That's why it's so important to understand what Jesus did for us. It's what Galatians 1.4 says, Jesus gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. Luther's comments on this verse had to have been a great comfort to Bunyan. I hope they are to all of us when we're weighed down with our sin. He said, for if our sins could be removed by our own efforts, what need would there be for the Son of God to be given for them? Since Christ was given for our sins... It stands to reason that they cannot be put away by our own efforts. God's grace is the only answer to our sin. It's the only thing that leads us to peace. When we receive our grace by faith alone, that's when we're finally at peace with God. Billy Graham quoted it so often when he preached his crusades, Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what effect did this have on John Bunyan? Well, it certainly wasn't the last time his conscience burdened him. He says that he now found that he loved Christ dearly. But quickly after this, my love was tested. He says the tempter, meaning Satan, hit him over and over again, trying to get him to turn from Christ back to the world. Sometimes he gave in. Like his character Christian in Pilgrim's Progress, he found himself in a place called Doubting Castle with something called Giant Despair. But even in Doubting Castle, there is hope. A few years ago, the Baptist preacher John Piper wrote a brief sketch of Bunyan's life. He tells us something very helpful about the way of Doubting Castle. One of the greatest scenes, and you know which one I'm going to, in the Pilgrim's Progress is the scene of Christian in the dungeon of Doubting Castle with giant despair guarding and hopeful at his side making the long overdue discovery 
And the thing I want you to listen to as I read it is, where's the key? Where's the key? Listen to the language carefully. What a fool I've been to lie like this in a stinking dungeon when I could have just as well walked free. In my chest pocket, I have a key called promise that will, I am thoroughly persuaded, open any lock in Doubting Castle. Then said Hopeful, that's good news, my good brother. Do immediately take it out of your chest pocket and try it. Then Christian took the key from his chest and began to try the lock of the dungeon door. And as he turned the key, the bolt unlocked and the door flew open with ease so that Christian and Hopeful immediately came out. Did you ever get that before? This is Bible memory, folks. This is laying up the Word of God in your chest that you might not sin and that you might get out of Dyden Castle when there's no Bible in your hand. It's too dark in the room. Pastor John Piper here on Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris talking about Pilgrim's Progress written by John Bunyan. Piper makes a really great point, don't you think? Christian had the key with him the whole time. And the key that he was searching for is called promise. We all know what it feels like to be in doubt and despair. You may never have sat in a cell in the bed for jail like Bunyan, but we know what it's like to be under lock and key by sin and doubt arising in our hearts. Like Luther said about our verses in Galatians, it's not easy to persuade yourself that forgiveness of sins and peace with God is by grace alone. But we have promises from God in Scripture. We have to have these promises at hand and on our hearts so that we can flee this doubting castle. Do you know what promise played a key in Bunyan's assurance of his faith? It was a verse in John chapter 6, verse 37. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. After many more struggles with doubt and despair on account of his sins, Bunyan said he realized this simple truth. I must go to Jesus. Let me tell you, I need to go to Jesus. You need to go to Jesus. Because that's where grace and peace are found and nowhere else. And the promise is this, he will never drive us away. Never. That's grace. And that is what gives us peace. Sometimes I'm strong, sometimes I'm weak, sometimes I fall in my wandering. But through it all, there's just one thing more precious than the air I
He used to sing with the group for him. That's Mark Harris and Grace That Won't Let Go. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today, our final day in a series called The Faith of John Bunyan. I've been a little sad to say goodbye to John Bunyan. He's been a real encouragement to look at his life. And we don't have to say goodbye, however. You can still say hello to him by making a gift to the ministry and asking for your copy of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. And over the next few weeks, as you read it, maybe to children that are around you, you can also read it by yourself. You can continue to be encouraged by the heart of Bunyan's story that'll point you to Jesus and God's holy work. I read this story with my kids, and they loved it. And I can't wait to sit down with my young grandchildren just even today and read a little more of this storybook with its colorful illustrations. It's an easy-to-read story. And I'll even use the questions at the end of each chapter to help little Charlie in our life think more about Jesus and how he walks with us in every high as well as low place of our lives. So, for your generosity, I want to send you a copy of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. And when you hold this hardback cloth-covered book with its gold foil lettering on the outside, you'll know why I call it a treasure for you to enjoy, or others to enjoy, for years to come. Why don't you call us right now at 800 654 2836 865 Haven. Or go online, look at those illustrations, watch the video about the book, make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Now, while you're on our website, find some time to listen to the full-length interview we did with Tyler Van Haltren, who brought Little Pilgrim's Big Journey to Life. He's a missionary to Cambodia, a father of three young children, You'll be blessed to hear the uncut interview that we recently did with him. And just before we go, let me say it one more time. We still have the Manger Mission activity set with the storybook of the wise men and the wooden nativity set underneath that kids can play with. A tradition to start this year points to Jesus, something every family needs this coming Christmas season that gets underway, well, today. And coming up next Tuesday, it's Giving Tuesday, something that's been gaining traction over the past few years. And all I need to say is if you call in or if you go online, you'll see a place where you can participate and help us keep sharing Jesus with others and do it for the sake of Giving Tuesday. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again on Monday? When again, we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. When you hear the word herald, what comes to your mind? It's kind of a Christmassy kind of word. It fits in at this time of year. Or perhaps you thought of a newspaper like the Daily Herald. Well, once upon a time, a herald was someone who stood in a public place and shouted something like, Hear ye, hear ye, thus saith the king. And a herald had absolute authority. People listened up when he spoke because they knew his words 
were the words of the king. In the same way, in John 12, when the words of Jesus were challenged, Jesus responded and said, whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. In other words, Jesus spoke with the complete and absolute authority of God the Father. What he said was, and is, true. Grow in that truth with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.